0: Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Awesome. Well, we're going to turn to the Bible as we always do. If you pick out your Bibles, that's good. Someone's excited. We're going to turn to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. Now, if you don't have a physical Bible, you have an online Bible. So that's good. Uh, if you're used to using U version, there is a U version for today. So go ahead and um, save that U version. Make sure that you have that there. And we are going to continue with um, all the seven in Revelation this morning. And we're going to read out of Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse one. If you're there, say Amen. Let's read, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. If you don't know, the New Jerusalem is where we get to spend eternity with him. And, he was, and this New Jerusalem that was coming down out of heaven from God was prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. You know, God is going to prepare that place for you. It is designated, and he's preparing it. Now, he's not just preparing it. He's going all out. That's the whole point, right? When your wedding is one of the things where you go all out, you're going to be, it's going to be prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There will be no more pain. I don't know if you heard that. Let me read it one more time. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There will be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. That means listen up. And he said to me, it is done. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes will inherit all things. He who overcomes will inherit all things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable murderers sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death well let's pray and let's welcome the god into this morning father we thank you so much that we can walk in you and we can be the one who overcomes into all things we thank you father that you are preparing for us a place that is going to be so beautifully adorned. You are so excited about being able to bring us into your home that you're preparing that home right now as a bride prepared for the wedding day. We thank you, Jesus, that you are so excited about inviting us into your home. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been going through this seven in Revelation, and we're going to continue that, and we've learned over this period of time these last few weeks about a number of different messages to the churches. We learned about the loveless church in Ephesus where they worked hard and God commended them, but they also left their first love. We learned about the persecuted church in Smyrna. They walked through trials and God commended them for it. And he said to them, be faithful. We learned about the compromising church in Pergamos that were faithful even to death, but they also accepted sinful practices in. We learned about the corrupt church in Thyatira, and they served God, and which was awesome. But they permitted immorality into their church. We learned about the dead church in Sardis. And it says that they have a name. They have a name. But they forgot about it. And he says to them, watch, remember, repent. We learned about the faithful church in Philadelphia. And they had an open door. An open door to heaven. Isn't that awesome? And yet he still says to them, Persevere persevere, and we learned about the lukewarm church in Laodicea, and that they were self-sufficient. They kind of felt like they didn't always need God to do with the things that they needed to do, but Jesus was there knocking at the door saying, I have so much more. This is an awesome series. I've I've been greatly uh, impacted by it, and there were two consistent messages at the end of each one of these sections about the churches, and they were, to him who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And that's God's call to you this morning. And the other thing was a phrase that said, to him who overcomes. And then it listed off a promise to the one who overcomes. And we're going to talk about that one who overcomes and what that means this morning. So I'm someone who likes to be to have some interaction. You guys are awesome, by the way. and Talk Service rocks with interaction. <laughs> So if if you are here this morning, if you would just raise your hand up, that's awesome. And if you're alive and breathing, just wave it at me. Uh, I didn't see all hands waving. That's kind of scary. (laughs) When I thought about bringing Revelation to you this morning... I felt a weight on me, the the revelation, the apocalypse, the the end of the world, the the conflict. There's so many interpretations. How am I going to even bear this kind of a weighted message to you? And it was kind of this burden on me. And then I thought about it and I went, wait a minute. This is the end of the book. I get to talk about the end of the book. And guess what? This is not a tragedy. This is the, the happiest, happiest ever after ending that there is. No more pain, no more death, no more sorrow, no more tears. I mean, it's all gone. And one of those things that's most beautiful is, is that we were designed to live with him. We learned that in, in Genesis. He created us to live with him. And then here at the end in Revelation, we actually get to live with him. So this is an awesome thing. And I was thinking about this overcoming. And the first thing that came to my mind is, is that this message is to the church. So I want to speak also to the church, but if, if you feel like, hey, I don't necessarily belong, I, I, might not, I might not consider myself a member of the church or to have belonged to Jesus, that's fine because this message is for you as well. But this the, the message is to the churches, and it's talking about he who overcomes. So I have three points that I want to give you this morning because I learned from the master. So three <laughs> points. The, the first of those is, is that you have overcome you have overcome in revelation 12 10 and 11 it says then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accuses them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death Jesus tells us in John 16:33 I have overcome the world. Wow. It's done. It's it's over. It's done. I don't know about you, but I grew up in church. And how many people grew up in church? Do we have anyone who grew up in church? Quite a number of you grew up in church. If you didn't grow up in church, maybe you uh, attended like a revival meeting, camp meeting, tent meeting, something like that. I know growing up in church, I attended a lot of like youth conferences, events, other conferences, and so forth. And in many of those, most of those, there was an altar call. Right, Pastor Bill? You're going to do a youth conference. You're going to do an altar call, right? We want to get them saved. And that's it's an awesome thing. So, how many? I, I, I responded to an altar call at one of these events. Did anyone else respond to an altar call at a youth event or conference or so forth? How about two altar calls? Maybe three, five, <laughs> ten altar calls? I can't tell you how many altar calls I responded to as my youth. But I, what I can tell you is, is that I responded. And I know that I was, went to that altar and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. You know, this story in Joshua is something that's, I, I love this story in Joshua, and it's about how the children of evil Israel have been traveling for 40 years. And they're ready, finally, God says that you get to go into the promised land. There's your promised land that you've been waiting for, that you've been, been wanting to get to. You finally get into it. And they come, and the the, the Uh, Jordan River is between them and their promise and it's not only between them but it's at flood stage it's rushing and raging there's no way you're going to get there I don't know about you but I've had many times when I know what my promise is but there's a rushing raging river that wants to block me from getting into my promise well when they were faced with this God told them how to fight this battle He said to to, to have the priests take the Ark of the Covenant, by the way, that's the presence of God, where the presence of God sat, and to step into the river, to step into that challenge, that trial, that obstacle. So we're to take the presence of God forward into our trial and into our challenge. And as someone who has overcome, I get to carry the presence of God into my challenge. And they stepped into that river and that river parted. And the, the Priests walked out into the middle of that river... And then all of the children of Israel got to walk across that river. And they walked across, it says, on dry ground. It emphasizes it over and over again, on dry ground. They didn't walk through a puddle. They didn't walk through some, a, 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 a slushy area. They didn't walk through mud. They walked on dry ground. So when we face our challenges, when we face an obstacle that wants to come in our way, and we carry Jesus' presence into that situation, he promises we walk on dry ground now here's the thing i like most about this story as the children of evil israel crossed i kept wanting to say children of evil they were children of evil for a little while but they're still god's god's uh, chosen people but as the children of israel crossed that river joshua had a representative from each of the tribes to go back and pick up a stone to make an altar they picked up that stone From the middle of the river. They picked up the stone from the middle of the river to make an altar. And in Joshua 4.20 it says, And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. When When you're about to set up an altar, take your stones out of the midst of your trial. Take your stones out of the the challenges that you walked through. Because when we are an overcomer, when we have overcome and we capture the fact that we have overcome in him, then what we want to have is we want to have a remembrance of that situation that we walked through. And the most important remembrance is the one that says, I'm a child of God. In verse 21, he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you crossed over. He didn't just dry it up for a little bit. He dried it up until you crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So my question to you this morning is, have you built an altar? James tells us that the double-minded man is going to be carried to and fro. He's not going to have any substance, no foundation to stand on. If you haven't built an altar then you're going to be that person that the devil is roaring, roaming around trying to find who he can devour, and he's going to see the weak one. Right. If you haven't built an altar, then you are unstable in all of your ways, and you're weak. But when you say, I have overcome... Because he overcame, and I, through because of him, got to walk over on dry ground, and not only that, I'm taking this stone out of my challenge, and I'm going to make it an altar. Now, an altar had a couple of purposes. One of them was for remembrance, and that's the one that I want to emphasize a lot this morning, but the other one was it was where they sacrificed, where they sacrificed to God, and when they would sacrifice, the blood of the animal would go all over that altar. So let's take a look back at Revelation 12 and what did it say? We overcame him with what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Those two things are our altar. The altar is where we go and we look and we say, No, devil, I'm not shakable because the blood of the Lamb. Look at my altar. The, the altar is also our testimony. It's where we say, the devil says, oh, but what about this in your life? What about that? Remember when you did this? No, look at my altar. This is my testimony. Amen. Our altar is where we can set a, a foundation that is unshakable in Jesus Christ. Because, and we know we can because he overcame. And I am a member of his body. I'm a member of his church. And I hope that that's you this morning because that's who I'm talking to. And if it's not, I'm going to give you an opportunity to build an altar today. Because that altar is going to establish once and for all, once and for all, that it is done. And I don't care if it's your first time or your tenth time. It doesn't matter how many times you've come to an altar. This morning, what I'm going to ask you to do is to build that altar so that, the, that when you face those trials, when you face those rivers, you can just say, devil, devil. Look at my altar. Amen. The second thing I want to talk to you about this morning is our identity. Because you are an overcomer. Amen. You have overcome and you are an overcomer. It is your identity. Overcome, just by the nature of, its, of the definition of the word, is a military term. And it means to be victorious in battle. I have been victorious in battle. John 16, 33, that same verse where Jesus says he overcame the world, he also says that in this life, we are going to face trials. We are going to be in a fight. That's just the nature of this world. In fact, we can't have overcome, by the nature of the word, we can't have overcome unless we've gone through the fight. So when you're facing fights in your life, understand that you're just walking out who you are as an overcomer. But if you're going to be an overcomer, that means that you have to be ready and willing to step in the ring and have the fight. If you're going to be victorious in battle, you have to have gotten in the trenches. You have to be ready and you have to fight. In 2 Timothy 2, 3 and 4, it says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, I personally don't know that much about being a soldier. You can probably tell that from looking at me. But I know that there are some who have. Do we have any active or veteran military here in the room? If you do, please stand up. We want to recognize you this morning. Any active or veteran military in the room? Thank you so much. So... uh, I'm not going to call you guys up, but I do need some help. So what when you join the military, what is the first thing that you have to go through? Those veterans, just shout it out for me, please. Training, basic, training. basic training. Basic training. And what is the purpose of basic training? Break you down and build you up. Break you down and build you up. This is the exact same words that my wife used. By the way, that's this one woman right here in the front that stood up. A veteran of the Navy, um, so you break you down to build you up. Why? Because we can't take our existing identity, our existing thought processes, our existing way of doing things into the identity of being a soldier. Oh, we have to have a new identity, a new perception of how I do things. We have to be changed. You have to be completely change our mindset as to what it means to be a soldier. We are, as children of God, as people who are part of the body of Christ, we are soldiers. This is our identity. So we need to change that mindset. Well, you may say to me, well, wait, if we're overcomers, then why do I have to have the mindset of a soldier and be ready to fight? Because Jesus said we are going to go through battles. We are going through hardship. This is not something that's uncommon to us. In fact, we know we live in a fallen world. But why then Are we soldiers? Or what is maybe, a better question is, is that what does it look like then to be that soldier? I wish I could go into a lot more detail on becoming a soldier and what that looks like. How many of you have either listened to or watched a sermon here at Faith Renewed, that Faith Renewed's media site? Anyone watch, watch or listen to a sermon? That's awesome. I encourage you to do that because there's a lot of great messages out there and there's one called Battlefield, Battlefield the Series. There's a great series out there, and it talks about all of the things of what it means to be in a battlefield mindset, a warrior mindset, and how do we take that fight. So I encourage you, go and listen to that, and it's awesome. When we think about how we fight, though, what is it? How do we fight this war? And we sang it this morning. So we fight on our knees, right? Right. We fight on our knees. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We're not actually holding up a sword and going to a battle. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In verse 13, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And then it goes on in Ephesians 6 and it talks to you about the armor of God and what each of the uh, elements of the armor of God is. And it talks to you about both what they mean and what they do and how to use them. And I encourage you to go through and to to do that because we are called as soldiers to take up the armor of God. In fact, it's not something that God does for us. He's not going to force you to do this. It says to you, you put on the whole armor of God. You take up the whole armor of God. It's up to us to step into a mindset that I am a soldier. I am a soldier. Remember, overcomer. I am an overcomer means that I'm someone who is fighting. Overcome means it's a military term. I am a soldier of God. It's an identity. It's who we are. Yes, overcomer means that we're victorious in that fight, but it also means that we're a fighter. Now, I would love to go into every single aspect of the armor of God. But since I don't have time for that this morning, we don't have a few hours, I'll encourage you to go check out Warfare, the series, on Faith Renews Media. It's a fantastic series that goes in-depth about the armor of God. And it is. It's really, really awesome. I want to jump to verse 18 in, in Ephesians 6. After putting on all of the armor of God, Paul concludes with this statement in verse 18. It says, Praying always... With all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You know, I've heard a lot of sermons, a lot of messages about the armor of God. One of the things that stands out to me that I don't hear a lot about is this part about being watchful and to have to keep keep to the end with all perseverance. See, we're not just called to pick up the armor one time. We are called to get, to get an identity that says, I am the one who's going to take the fight. Now, why do we do that? Why, do we, why are we the ones to take the fight? Because God has a purpose and a plan on this earth, and that includes you. You were called, and I'm not just talking about the fights in your own life. You know them. You know the rivers. You know the challenges that hit you personally. But we're also called to do great things for him. And so we are called to take the fight and become that soldier of God. Now, my veterans, if I could get one more help from you this morning. Some of you may have been recently in the military and some of you may not have. But would you say today that you're ready to step into that fighting role that you were trained for once before? I, they got quiet. <laughs> that's good, John. That's awesome. But, but I, I think that most people, and we had, had quite a number in our first service, that would say, uh, maybe not, but a little more pounds on. It's not quite ready. I don't know that I could step into the, into the lines right there and then. And that's normal, Right? Because when we aren't continually training, when we're not continually preparing, then we're going to not be ready. So how do we apply that? We need to be ready. We do that by continually preparing, by being watchful, by persevering to the end. See, this is the thing that was on my heart so much as I was looking at these messages to the churches is that we need to be vigilant in each one of them they faced worldly situations and worldly circumstances and it was so easy to let those things creep in and we tend to over time if we're not vigilant if we're not holding that concept of constant training and preparation then we're going to we're going to allow ourselves to let down our guard we may lower that sword we may even put that shield off to the side And that's when we become vulnerable because we haven't captured the mindset that I am a soldier. Being an overcomer, I am an overcomer, means that I have to be a soldier. When we do that, when we get to that mindset, then we fall into the same temptations that the lukewarm church did. And we start to compromise. We get comfortable. We don't think that we need God for everything. We may even fall into the situation with the corrupt church and allow immorality to come in. You know what? We might say, you know what? It's okay if that thing I'm watching has stuff in it that may not be that great. It's okay for me to listen to that outlet that's sharing messages that say this lifestyle or that mentality is okay. And I allow myself, my guard down, and I'm going to allow these things to creep in and establish a truth that's not the truth because I've not taken every day with the mindset that I'm a soldier. We could even go so far as to then just give in to the things that draw us most, the lusts, the sexual sins, and we give in like the compromising church. See, each message to the churches, each one, including Philadelphia, included the message to repent, to hold fast, to remember, to to remain faithful. And we have to keep that mindset. So when I started off that you are an overcomer, I was like, yes, I'm an overcomer. This is who I am in Christ. It is. Yeah. Right. But the message I'm trying to get through to you here is, is that that's a military term, and it also means that I am a soldier, yeah. and I have to be ready to fight. We have to change overcoming from something that, is we, go th- that we go through Something that is happening or happened. And we need to change it into something that we are. Get it established in our hearts that it is something that we are. We are soldiers of God. We are overcomers. We have the weapons to war. And I'll tell you, we had an awesome series called Overcomer. (laughs) And I would encourage you to go and listen to that series because it goes and it talks about how to be an overcomer in things in your life and not just the things in your life but also the things that God has called us to do and my last point this morning is we have overcome and we are an overcomer and yet we are called to overcome see when we look at this he who overcomes In Revelation 21, 7, where I read, He who overcomes will inherit all things. And in each of the messages to the churches, there's this, He who overcomes will receive these great promises. Well, that overcomes there is actually the word overcoming. It's He who is overcoming will receive. He who is overcoming will inherit all things. We aren't called to do it one time. It's not just something we look forward to happening when we get to meet him face to face. This is something that we are doing on a daily, regular basis. One of the things that's great about this overcome statements is, is they come with awesome promises. I want to take a quick look at them. Overcomers are promised that they will eat from the tree of life. They will be unharmed by the second death. They will eat from hidden manna and given a new name. They have authority over the nations. They will be clothed in white garments. They will be made a permanent pillar, a permanent pillar in the house of God, and they will sit with Jesus on his throne. Sit with Jesus on his throne. These are the things that are promised to he who overcomes, he who is overcoming. So let's look at specifically at Revelation 3.21, that last one. It says, because it's beautiful, it's got both, both an a overcoming and an overcame in it. It says, he who is overcoming, that's us, he who is overcoming, I will give him to sit with me in my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. So Jesus sat down, and we get to sit down with him because we are partakers in his likeness. We are partakers in his overcoming, his having overcame, and we can overcome. We can be that overcomer. So yes, when you look at these, one of the things you'll notice is that they have an eternal perspective, and they do. These are things that we can look forward to as eternal life, things that we are going to have one day when we get to walk into what he has. In Matthew 19, 28, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, in the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. This is our reward. This is a victory. This This is the conquering that we will accomplish at the end. So what is our part in that? When we think about the eternal part, what is our part in that? Well, what Jesus asks us to do, what he encourages us who are following him to do, is to endure to the end. Matthew 24, 13, Jesus says, I call you to endure to the end. We oftentimes can reference, or a very familiar reference is Philippians 3, 14, where Paul talks about pressing on toward the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. Now, Our job in that eternal reward is is that we don't just get to sit back and relax and put the shield down. Our job is to endure. Our job is to press forward. When he talks about running the race, he talks about running the race not as if I've already attained it, but to attain it. We are to press on, endure, and and run the race as if we are trying to win the goal. Now, I don't have the time this morning to talk about running the race, but do you guys know where you can find out? That's right. We have this awesome series called Running the Race. (laughs) And I do encourage you to check it out because it's important to understand that we do have to run the race every day. It's not something that we can relax on. It's not something we can relax on. But those promises aren't just for the eternal. They're not just for the day when we see Jesus face to face. They're also for here and now. In Revelation chapter 6, in 1 and 2, it says this. And I don't know. This is going into the seven seals. Understand, I'm not going to start diving into the seven seals. You guys might be able to encourage Terry to continue this seven in Revelation a little bit longer. So if you are liking this, let him know that. In Revelation, yeah, let them know now. That's good. In Revelation 6, 1 and 2, it says this. Now I saw when Jesus opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. This word conquering and to conquer are both the same word, overcome. This is the, the overcoming that you see. It's the conquering that you see is the same conquering that we are asked to do. We are called to do. We are called to be conquering. And the thing that's great about this is because we are called to be conquering and to conquer. So the two messages, the two promises here are to that end, to conquer, but they're also to the one conquering. See, all of the messages to the churches say, he who is overcoming, he who is conquering. Think of it this way. I love this analogy. When an army is going forth to win a war, they don't go and they win the war. They're going to go to a battle and they're going to win a battle. And when they conquer the battle, then they get to step in and take more territory. And then they're going to conquer that battle and they get to step in further and take more territory. That's the conquering that, this, that we're seeing here. We're, we are called to be conquering. We are called to be conquering this battle and then taking over territory and then stepping in and conquering more battles and taking more territory and more battles and conquering. We are called to be conquering. The rewards that are promised here are to the one who is conquering. So don't think that you have to have attained it. In fact, one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest uh, issues when people read this passage like in in Revelation 7 is is that they think that there's this group that's the abominable, the um, sexually immoral, the liars that are going to be in the lake of fire and they will lump themselves into that category. Don't fall into the trap of lumping yourself into a category. No, you are overcomers. You have overcome and you are given a mandate to go out and conquer. But we do endure. We do have to persevere. We do have to walk every day as if we are that soldier that is going to go out conquering. But the promise is not to when I have attained the promise is to when I am conquering. I get the promises because I'm walking in the conquering. And I get to walk in the conquering because I'm a child of Him. So this morning I would like you all to stand as we close. I don't know if you guys have had any fights going on in your life. I've had none. (laughs) But I know that you can relate to the fact that we're in a battle, we're in a war, and that we have to fight. And I'll tell you, one of the most important weapons in your fight is that altar. So whether it's the first time, the tenth time, the hundredth time, I don't care. If you don't have an altar that you can point to and tell the devil that he needs to shut up, look at my altar, then today is the day to establish that altar. And it doesn't matter how difficult the circumstances in your life have been. In fact, we want that because that's where we're going to go and get the rock of our testimony and we're going to put it on that altar. In fact, every time that you walk through a difficult circumstance in your life, take a rock out of that situation and add it to your altar. Because then the devil can't come back around and go, Well, I got you there. You fell here. No, I conquered. Look at my altar. So this morning I'm calling everyone to build an altar. In fact, I want you to think about a time when you were conquering something that you conquered something that you had to walk through, a circumstance or maybe even a calling that God took you to where he said, go and you went and you conquered territory. Because it's not just about conquering situations in our life, it's about conquering territory for him. Those things are the rocks. Those are the places that we get the rocks to build that altar. And then we're covering it with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Establish an altar this morning. As we close, I want you to just come. Kneel at this, this altar. Come to this altar and establish an altar in your heart to God. I don't care if it's a physical altar. You're going to go home and you're going to build. But the altar needs to be there. If you're going through difficult times, you have circumstances, you have a river raging in front of you, and you know your promise is right over there, but you have to get to it. And you have this river raging in front of you we want to pray for you this morning because you are an overcomer and you are going conquering and this morning we want to conquer with you so prayer team if you would please come forward and we're going to just close in prayer and then we're going to spend some time in worship and if you are going to build an altar or if you would like to just pray over a situation where you need to conquer then please come on up and let us pray with you Let's close this morning and ask God to just be the one who leads us. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, Jesus, that you already overcame. That you overcame the world. The devil is powerless. He has got no weapons that can prosper. God, I thank you that you are the one that we can stand on. That you are the one who is really the one building this altar God, I'm just coming and I'm just surrendering my life to you. I'm just coming and I'm giving it to you. Whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, I am establishing an altar that says, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life so that I cannot be shaken. I am taking up the armor. I choose, I choose to be a soldier for God. We thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Let's worship God. Feel free to come to the altar. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org.